Fads come and go, and nowhere more than in the world of weight loss. That's why Noom's weight management programs are made to last. Noom uses science and personalization to help you manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today. You're listening to Wins Above Fantasy, part of the Pitcherless Podcast Network with Van Burnett and Steve Giswelli. Welcome back, everybody. It is Wins Above Fantasy, episode 110. Today is Thursday, July 27th. we got a great show ahead talking surprising hitters and whether or not these breakouts are legit. Kind of looking at the, the near term on breakouts and assessing the long-term impact. If we believe it going into the offseason, if we think some of these changes are real, it's going to be a great show. And this is the hitter edition. Might have to do uh, pitchers next week, it sounds like, because we got a full slate of names to get through. Uh, Steve, I know we were talking offline about the, the teams. It's that time of year where... You kind of exhale on certain teams. It feels like things are out of reach sometimes, but it is also, uh, you know, it's the home stretch. So we, we got to kind of fight through it. You know, it's it's always a tough portion of the season, but also great time to look at a very large sample size for most of these guys and assess how we're feeling about them. So pretty excited. It almost feels like an, an early edition of kind of an off-season episode, but definitely with some up-to-date stats. Uh, excited to get into it, man. How's it going? Yeah, good. Um, I, I, I don't know I don't know if you like were burying the lead there or anything, but yeah, you've known how... I, I don't know how frustrating it could be to have a team that's currently in the playoffs in my home league team and like also <laughs> just absolutely hate my team. It just... You know, every it's been um, everything that could go wrong went wrong. Like, but you're Rio in Arias place. was my best pitcher. Yeah, I'm like, I was like within a reach of first place heading out of last week. I got crushed, but um, still, so it just doesn't it, feel like the writing's on the wall. No, no. Even when gonna, my team yeah. was doing well, you know, it was Turner, Castellanos, like Julio Arias was my first pitcher. Like it's mm. his first bad year ever. Same with Turner. Uh, some of those things just, you know, is what it is. It's just the, the luck of the draw. And, you know, every move that I – it's like my George Costanza league. I should have just done the opposite of whatever move I, I should have done. But um, it's freeing also, like, not to, like – like, I'm not, like, stressed over it anymore. I'm, I'm at the point of, like – I'm obviously still checking my team and setting my lineups and making sure everything is in place. I'm still trying to win, but I've given up hope of like actually winning anything. So like, it's kind of freeing at that point when you get to a certain point in those leagues, like you lose the stress of it. Like I don't get frustrated in it by it anymore. Cause yeah. the bar in my mind is so low. It happens in a few other leagues too, but, um, hasn't been the best year for me. We'll, we'll learn a lot. And maybe, uh, this topic is, is the start of the learning lesson because I think we're at a point where these guys aren't available. Like, they're, they're picked up and they've, they they are what they are and there's a new level for them and they've broken out, but there's still analysis to be done to say, hey, is this what this person is going forward? Um, I know that old Ron Chandlerism, like once a person shows a skill, they own that skill. Um, mm-hmm. But there's definitely a lot more that goes into it, not to say that that's not a 
a good anecdote but um yeah it, it's exciting to 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 break down these guys and i think yeah it, it is good a good topic and i think good enough to stretch it out that we could focus on hitters this week and then pitchers next week um and use it for tools going forward for this year and for next and you know trade deadlines coming up so yeah um in a lot of leagues so and because these guys might not have the biggest track record and it's so new, this newfound production, maybe they are more acquirable than other household names. So um, it's not, we're not like getting into off season stuff and, and just 2024 just yet, even though there, there will be some analysis here for longer term picture. But um, I, I think it's a, I think it's a fun topic. We have enough of a sample size on these guys that it's not just like a flavor of the week sort of thing. Like these guys have been, mainstays on rosters for a while now so they deserve our attention yeah I, I like it because it's also a topic that obviously it's looking at kind of surprising breakout hitters so it's kind of the no duh comment here but a lot of these names are ones that when you do look at the stat line you're like really like have i missed that mm-hmm. that they've been that good or that you know if you prorate these stats out they're actually on a 35 homer pace so you know, when you go through the draft, it feels like you know every player in the pool. But then when you get into your season, it's kind of like you're monitoring the players of, you know, whom you have shares of. But these are the guys that if you didn't add them off the, the freeze or if, mm-hmm. you know, you're not staying completely dialed in, some of their production can kind of catch you off guard. And like we said, it's kind of a the early primer for the off season. Start formulating opinions and not be, you know, waiting until next year to to find out too late that this was a legit breakout. So uh, on the flip side, we we often see players kind of bubble up and they build us up to let us down. And it's, uh, you know, too small of a sample size. We've even seen that this season. I mean, not to pick on our show, Steve, but if we go back to like our April and May episodes, there are probably some names that we were like, this is legit. Like Matt Chapman is for real. And then it's just like, it, it does kind of wilter. So we'll have to, keep ourselves honest and, and kind of challenge uh, that recency bias for some of these guys who have been hot if it doesn't look good from a, a process standpoint. But very excited. And uh, without further ado, I think we can start off by maybe the one name who is available in a lot of 12-team, 14-team uh, leagues, and that's Nolan Jones for the Rockies because he's kind of cooled off from when he was setting the world on fire uh, his his roster ship right now is 23% in Yahoo, but at one point in time it was as high as like 85%. So it's really come back the other way. And part of that is because in the past month he's got a 204 batting average with 25 strikeouts next to six walks. Uh, that said, he does have four homers in the past two weeks. So now you look at Nolan Jones, who's kind of hitting uh, in the middle third of the lineup out in Coors. And, you know, the, the production has been great in just 45 games. He has nine homers, six steals. So, again, if you kind of do the math there and, you know, at least triple it and then some, definitely a 30 homer, 15 steal pace. And he's doing that with a 282 batting average. So, Nolan Jones has to have our attention with kind of the prospect hype. And it seems like we've been waiting for so long for any one of these cores guys to, to take the next step. And it's for us to kind of evaluate, do we think Nolan Jones is that guy? Uh, what are your thoughts, Steve, on the outfield first base, Nolan Jones? 
Yeah, to kind of take a step back real quick, there there's reasons that we told ourselves that we or that we were talking into ourselves as to why not to add these sort of guys, if that makes makes sense. There was there was red flags. All of these guys had red flags, right? Yeah. Um, not to spoil, like we could go through it, but every one You're... of these guys that we'll bring up, there'll be a reason. Oh, here's why this won't continue because of X, Y, and Z. And there's still the case to be made for, for a lot of these guys, like pulling up Nolan Jones' profile, like he has a 34.7% strikeout rate. That is really bad. Like, yeah, among guys that, um, you know, have as many plate appearances as him, 167, like, that's got to be close to the top. Well, there's certainly no one who has. I, I'm confident saying no one that has a 278 batting average and at, a 34.7% strikeout rate. Yeah, absolutely, uh, and you know a 121 WRC plus. Um, that's that's hard to do with, with the strikeout rate that that high. Um, but that being said, there there's some things to to ease that right. Like there's a 10.2% walk rate. The fact that he hits homers and steals bases makes a 204 average month much more palatable if there's going to be four home runs that come along with it. Um, the Rockies are starting to play him more and more. Um, he's doing well on the road and versus lefties where, you know, it's not that big of a sample size. He only has 51 plate appearances versus lefties, but he's hitting 292. Wow. Um, and it's a, a a 16% or, or 16 strikeouts in those 51 uh, plate appearances. So it's a better strikeout rate than he does have versus, versus righties, right? It's not great, but it's still something. Um, on the road, he's hitting 300 and has a um, trying to 910 OPS, OPS right? Wow. Um, 147 WRC plus on the road as opposed to a 93 WRC plus at home. That's so, huge with the Coors yeah, hangover, that, that's, man. That's huge. Um, and it's an 836 OPS at home. I know WRC plus is park adjusted, so that's going to bring down that um, that that home WRC plus. So might not be uh, might not tell the full picture there, right? It's still a 261, 329, 507 slash line at home, which you know is pretty good. Um, so th- there's a lot to like, and I think that looking back at it, at looking back at this when we get into the next draft season, there was going to be, um, you know, a lot of people that point to that high strikeout rate, um, mm-hmm. the BABIP, which is elevated, but also may not regress. Um, it's 402, right? That's got to come down, but is it going to come down as much? as we think because he plays in chorus. Um, so, you know, it might not be a 282 average, but is 250 with his power and speed good enough, especially in chorus? I think so. Um, and, he, you know, he's also had much better strikeout rates in the minors. Who's to say that's not um, going to improve? Like the quality contact is there, 12.1% barrel rate, 43% hard hit rate. Those are you know, really, really good. So, you know, anytime you could see a profile like this come to be in cores, like I think you kind of have to jump on it despite the obvious warts. Um, and, and, you know, there might be some growing pains, but I still think that 
we shouldn't fade it too hard just because the strikeout rate is so high. Yeah, small sample like you mentioned, but the 13.2% barrel rate, uh, even the expected batting average at 253, I think is you know much more in line with expectations mm-hmm. rather than the a 280 guy. But yeah, it's like when you try to assess this, I, I think it's almost nice that he's only played you know less than half of the games this season because then you're not going to have the tax in the off season that like you know it, Tyler O'Neill jumps out at me Steve and when he had the full season and the and the elevated K rate it was like yeah you could see where all this goes but you also got to uh bake in the you know the risk but altogether it's going to cost you a 6 round draft pick or a 5th round draft pick and for Jones, I don't think that it'll be anywhere near that high. I mean, he's probably going to be one of those early all bets are off kind of outfield sleepers. Take your shot and like the, you know, pick 170, 180 type of range. Maybe I'm wrong on that because he offers a, a lot of speed. I mean, with the, the 79th percent uh, percentile sprint speed, I mean, he really does profile out. It's like mm-hmm. a 30... 30, 15, 35, 20 type of guy with the cores factor. And if he can hit 250, that's extremely useful. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think as long as you know what you're signing up for, uh, because I do think the K's, even even though in the minors it was down a little bit, seeing that it was always around like a 25, 28%, that, you know, naturally will go up to that like, over 30 rate in the majors. Now it's not to say can take a step forward, but you know, maybe this is just kind of Tyler O'Neill and Coors and that's exciting. I think, you know? Yeah. And there might be some positive in, in the strikeout rate. Just looking at his pitcherless player page, his swing strike rates at 12.7%. The MLB average is uh, 12.2%. It's still just the 11th percentile, but there is a lot, a lot of called strikes in his game. It's in the third percentile, 22.7%. Um, league average is um, 16.5%. So that's just called strikes over pitches. So, yeah, there is definitely a lot of swing and miss in his game, but he doesn't chase that well. It's 74th percentile O-swing. Uh, chase that, that much. That much. Yeah. Um, and, you know. Yes, there's swing strike in his game, but there's also a lot of called strikes. So if he's able to, you know, Wait fix for pitch. Th- that, that seems much more fixable than swinging and missing at absolutely everything, right? Yeah. Um, and, well, and, that, and that's kind of that hitter performance thing, too, yeah, is maybe yeah. he's, the called strikes are ones that he's not going to turn on and, and smoke yeah. to right field. So, um, yeah, that, that maybe he's selective, but... You don't hate that one for the the walk rates if you're in a points league, and then two, uh, when you're looking at a guy with like a sixty seventy raw power, wait for your pitch. You know, yeah, um, you, you'll you'll take that. Um, you know, you, you'll take the elevated strikeout rate um, if if he's going to wait for his pitch more and, and and drive it more and have those nine home runs and you know the hundred sixty plate appearances, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so Nolan Jones, uh, what do you think about that range, Steve? Just to throw a dart, do you, do you think that late one hundreds feels like where he'll end up, or am I off base on that? I honestly think, depending on how 
he finishes the season. Like if he has if he goes on nine a tear. more homers and five more steals and ends up with an average above two sixty and two seventy range, like one thirty, he could be close around the hundred yeah. just because that that profile and cores is tantalizing, right? Like, look, mm-hmm. I, I know like the Tyler, Tyler O'Neill when he was when super hyped up and some places had him with like a top two, three round pick after that really big year, despite the warts, you know, I know that was a full season and he had what, like 34 homers to go with like 16 steals. So the average was there. That was in like one of the worst hitter parks, right? Like it's, it's much easier to get hyped about a guy in, in Colorado. So if he finishes out, I, I would take the, the under on like, pick 150 as as where, as where he goes. Um sure there'll be some detractors because of the K rate, but we we've gotten much more excited about guys in other places with elevated K rates and good counting stats and quality contact skills. Mhm. Yeah. And, and since we brought up O'Neill so many times, we're talking about 2021 yes. where Tyler O'Neill had a 31.3% K rate, but on that season had 34 homers and 15 steals. That's pretty close off without having it in front of me, right? And not a Cardinals fan. He hit 286. He hit 286 that year, but then followed it up with uh, 228 the following year um, and and missed some time and stuff. But, yeah, I think uh, I agree with what you're saying on the range, and I think Jones has some of the risks there, but, uh, uh, you know, clearly the upside, and we'll see. Yeah, he, he's definitely one that – the what he does these last couple months in August and September should definitely uh, have a huge impact on, on where he's going next year with all the, the buzz and the course tax and everything. So let's keep it rolling, Steve. And Chaz McCormick is a guy who we've talked about, it seems like in two of the last three shows. So I don't know that we need to spend a world of time here, but uh, just yesterday, as we record this on Tuesday show note, uh, he went two for three with a double, a homer, and six RBIs. So uh, McCormick continues to produce uh, over his last uh, 14 days. He has a 14.05 OPS with uh, 14 RBIs. So McCormick now the season line in 62 games, so definitely missed about a third of the season there. Uh, 13 homers, 11 steals, so kind of pro rates out to... Again, definitely north of 2020, at least in terms of the pace, probably closer to like 30, 25. And he's done that with a 286 batting average and a 911 OPS. So McCormick is another one that we have to kind of assess what it means long term. They all are. Age 28 season, it definitely feels like a late breakout. Do we think it's legit or do we think this is kind of a, I don't know, like an Owen Miller type of run here and it's it's just going to fizzle over time? Maybe somewhere in between. Um, I don't know if he could keep up a 23.2% homer fly ball rate. Um, but, you know, he's been decent at that uh, in his other two years, a 17.1% in 2021, um, 15.4% in 2022. Um, league average for contacts is 14.1%. Um, but, yeah, it, it it doesn't pop as much as as far as it, um, you know, the quality contact skills don't pop as much as Nolan Jones does for Chas McCormick. But it's still a good barrel rate. Um, it looks like he's, you know, 
getting the most out of his pulled fly balls and you know in Houston that is a a good thing although looking at a spray chart like there's not like as many home runs as in the um in the Crawford, Crawford boxes, boxes uh, as you would expect there there's some kind of to to all fields and smart more the the alleys which is kind of impressive um his singles are all pulled but his homers are all over the place it's a strange strange spray chart but you know there is swing and miss the k percentage isn't great takes a walk like this seems like more of ride the hot streak um and and sort of is what he is like good in part playing time you know partial playing time um you know takes a walk strikes out a good amount of the time um it seems like it's more of a hot streak than than Nolan Jones uh, is is what I guess I'm I'm trying to say, mm-hmm. um, despite the fact that it's been like another worldly almost two three weeks now. Yeah, uh, it's hard, man. I mean, because the, the, there's also speed there. Um, yeah, which is what's really interesting. Because p- part of me looks at kind of the. The mild pop, the 245, 250, like, you know, leading up till now and a 26% strikeout rate. And it's like, is it horrible? Yeah. yeah, Is it like a Cole Calhoun type of build? But then it's like you look at the speed and, you know, if if he's going to in the the modern environment be like a 20 steel guy, which it seems like that would be less fluky. You know what I mean? Like if he if he wants to run and he's able to grab bags and even if the homer rate comes down with that lineup around him like a 2020 guy uh would still be really useful so yeah, yeah and I, he's i'm had, interested i mean i mean I, I think he would be a pretty fine like of3 uh next year i'm just kind of curious like before this hot streak like what his splits looked like i mean in has, 2021 really all come in july it looks like in june he had a 3.08 average, uh, three homers. So yeah, he had. I mean, he had six in in July, which is definitely helping. Yeah, and it's been kind of an insane run for him. But yeah, he had eight steals and eight home runs leading up to that. So that's where that kind of that you know 2020 ish pace comes from. So yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm as interested as you can be, I guess, in like a 28 year old guy who's never been on our radar in the past, but he's just kind of pretty good at a lot of different things, whether it's speed, power, average. Um, and yeah, I think there's probably a, a home for that as long as he's playing every day with the Astros, but that's probably another question if, if that will stick just because they're always bringing up new guys. Right. So yeah. And, and Jordan's coming back soon. So yeah, I think, I think Jones will have, the higher uh, min pick, max pick next year, but McCormick probably should fall somewhere uh, in, again, I, I would think the the late 100s. But outfield's kind of scarce as well, so, it, it, you know, is up, up for debate. Uh, moving along to another guy who is known to be pretty streaky and have hot months, it's Christopher Morell, who might have been the first one this season to really take the industry by storm when he had, what was it, like a 10 home run month for Morel, maybe in like uh, April or May. And yeah, now kind of as the the dust has settled from that, we're looking at uh, 
kind of up and down past month, uh, but overall it hasn't looked great. And in, in 2023, the overall line still looks pretty good with a 268 average, an 860 OPS, 15 homers, and 38 runs, 43 RBIs, and that's in just 57 games. So very much a 30 homer pace, but a lot of that was buoyed by that, that red hot month. Uh, kind of begs the question now, 77% rostered, but that's dropping by the day. Uh, do we think Morrell is going to matter in next year's drafts? I think so. I think that he is the streaky player and just that's sort of who he is. Um, I think I mentioned it before on another show, but he's essentially like Javi Baez, right? That, that's That's what he seems to be. So yeah, it's just going to be this this streaky profile, and like I I think that he will have like a decent line at the at the end of the year. Um, it looks like like exactly like um, Nolan Jones's profile, but I think the just highs are going to be much higher, and the lows are going to be much lower, which. You know, in, in in roto leagues especially, like that, you know, it, it doesn't really matter when the production comes. In head to head, it might be frustrating because there's going to be weeks and possibly weeks, several weeks in a row where he is not like a roster role player. But I'm interested to see it, like how he sort of combats the. Um, the cold streaks, right? Like last year it essentially got to the point where he was super hot when he first came up and then the league figured him out and he like, you know, got set down, didn't play for the rest of the year. Right. Like this year he came up was super hot, was cold again, and then adjusted back and got hot again. Like if you could somehow continue to work to minimize those cold streaks, essentially, like it's only going to get better for morale. So, um, I I think I'm more in than you know the the current production and the and the up and down nature of his um season stat line and the elevated K rate uh would would suggest so um yeah like the quality contact is just really really good um if he could just slightly improve that K rate and like become a little bit less volatile like look out like there's 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 power here there's speed here um i would like i, I wish there was more than, than just three stolen bases but uh, I'll, I'll take it like you know uh 15 homers and 232 at bat uh, plate appearances is uh you know a, a great source of power even if 10 of those did come in like what a, a two or three week uh uh, sample. It felt like there was. It felt like there was a, a stretch where Morel homered like for like six or seven games in a row. Yeah, I mean he was tearing the cover off the ball in the minors this year as well with a, a, eleven homers in twenty nine games. It's so interesting because he's five foot eleven and one hundred and forty five pounds. Like the the you know just the the body type, you wouldn't expect him to be such a kind of pop guy. Uh, that said, he's always carried like some some impressive isos 
um, I guess more recently in the, in the past like two or three years. So he's he's kind of tapped into it. In terms of steps forward, it seems like he needs to improve even though he's a right-handed batter. He really struggles against lefties with just a 196 average this season uh, compared to a 291 average versus righties. And the OPS gap there is 667 against lefties versus 922 against righties. So there's a clear path for improvement. He's still just 24, so I think the skills uh, could improve. But, yeah, I think you're right, Steve, that best ball roto seems like a perfect format for him. I know you grabbed him in the underdog uh, seventh inning stretch, and I think that's a a good play because he's going to be streaky at least until he grows as a player. Um, and I just homered again tonight. So there you go. There's that. And another guy who's Maybe got a, another uh, yeah. hot streak coming up. Yeah, and the 31, of course, the 31.5 percent strikeout rate. I mean, that's kind of a theme for some of these guys is the the elevated K rate. But yeah, very interesting for for Morel. And yeah, his, his Statcast page kind of falls in between Nolan Jones and Chaz McCormick, but it's more good than bad. Mm-hmm. He's just got to kind of clean up the. The whiff rate, the strikeout rate, and everything else looks looks great. But it'd be nice to Who see more Who do you steals. think has the highest upside out of those three? Uh, and I guess it's more of a question between Jones and Morrell because McCormick, I think we, you know, I, I, to circle back on McCormick real quick, like I think he's, he had like, you know, mid 700 OPSs the last two years, 900 OPS this year. Cut the difference, and I think, yeah, like you said, it's a good third outfielder, but I don't think he has the upside of Jones or Morrell. Um, maybe if you factor in the stolen bases, but um, who do you think has the who, – who do you like more, I guess, for 2024, Morrell or Jones? Uh, Yeah, I mean, I guess what's discouraging about Morrell is just the, the three steals – for a guy who's, you know, his kind of prospect profile actually had speed above power. Mm-hmm. And then when you see 15 homers and just three steals, I guess last year with the Cubs, he had 10 steals in 113 games. So if he can find his way to like, you know, a 15, 20 steal pace, but I, you know, he doesn't have cores and he's not running for some reason. So I think like, Answering directly, I, I would probably say Nolan Jones, but I think they're pretty close. It's a really good question. I think so, too. I think the tiebreaker is core, so I would lean Jones. Okay. But, uh, you know, who knows what the Rockies, right? Like, there might be a clearer path to playing time because the Rockies might just Rocky and not play Jones and sign some random veteran outfielder or first baseman. <laughs> right. And not playing. Yeah, and Morell, I mean, position eligibility is kind of a tiebreaker for him. I mean, even in True. right now in like Yahoo, which I know is kind of the laugher, but second, third, short, and outfield. But next year he should have second outfield, and he's not far away from having third again. So he'll lose shortstop eligibility, but still really useful, especially on those best ball formats where they just kind of plug into any spot. So. Yeah, very, very uh, enticing for both Jones and, and Morell. And then McCormick is, is kind of that glue piece if, if you need a little bit of help everywhere and if outfield is anywhere near as thin as it has been this season. So uh, we will get to another bunch of three names and some more established guys, or at least one, but we're going to take our first ad break and we'll be right back. When it comes to weight management, we tend to put our focus on what we eat. 
But Noom's approach puts the focus on why we eat, and that's a game changer. Noom uses science and personalization so you can manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. And they help you understand the science behind your eating choices and why you have those cravings. Noom's personalized courses are easy to follow and will help grow your confidence with tools you can put into practice on day one. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. And based on a sample of 4,272 Noomers, 98% say Noom helps change their habits and behaviors for good. Try Noom today and see the results for yourself. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today. Okay, so Steve, uh, we talked about Yelich recently. It is time to talk about his uh, spiritual brother here, Cody Bellinger, uh, who has kind of taken us on a roller coaster, of course, in the recent three or four years. But it looks like he is putting it all together. Uh, I know in my my home league in the past month, he is ranked third on the league settings. But in terms of the overall line, it looks like vintage Cody Bellinger with a 319 average, a 918 OPS, 14 homers, 12 steals, and 53 runs, 44 RBIs. So, you know, maybe the power is down a little bit compared to prime Cody Bellinger, but it's not too far off from everything that we were hoping and maybe a little bit more speed. That said, uh, he's he's tricked us before, and it, it was kind of a season where we were starting to give up faith on Bellinger. Uh, should be interesting to see if the trade rumors, I know the Yankees are talking quite a bit about Bellinger, and he doesn't want to get moved, he said in a recent interview, but because he likes uh, the group they have there and he's happy with how he's playing, but he also said he understands that you know it's kind of a business, so... Wouldn't be shocking, but uh, for the fantasy aspect, what are your thoughts on Bellinger? Do you think this rebound is going to be, uh, you know, viewed as legit? And do you find it legit? I think so. Um, maybe not as, you know, uh, elevated as as this performance is currently, like a nine eighteen OPS. But I think he is back to being a useful fantasy player. Um, his profile is super, super weird. Like, you look at, like, the the stack cast sliders or the pitcher list bars, um, and maybe the pitcher list page, I think, does a little bit better of a job describing the fact that he is still a good hitter despite the fact he doesn't have, like, the elite exit velocity or power percentage or hard hit rate that he used to have in the past. Um, but there is a clear change in swing and miss and you know he's traded a bunch of strikeouts for softer contact which you know he's been turning into hits um you know he's running uh an extremely high BABIP um uh, not extremely high 338 um which is the highest of, of his career for him but it's not like you know anything that's super unsustainable especially for a guy that has some speed um, Line drive rate's second highest of his career, too, and that, exactly, that usually goes exactly. with a, a high BABIP, too. And sure, it's just 14 home runs, but his ISO is still 230, so um, for someone that you know is hitting 319, like, yeah, the 550 slug is, is, is really good. 
Um, and to circle back to the pitch list page real quick, like, you know, the K rate is really good. The ideal play percentage is, you know, 92nd percentile. Um, or, sorry, 92nd in the league. Um, and, you know, the X average is 270. So, sure, yeah, that that's kind of, I guess, where, um, you know, uh, I, I don't know how sustainable this 319 batting averages and a 911 and then you know 918 OPS, but I definitely think he could be a 270 hitter with like an 850 OPS, which is really good for a guy that runs and you know has the raw power um, to definitely go on a homer binge, sort of like he is now, right? Like I think he has five home runs in the last month or so. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so yeah, and he had a he had a long outage too with the. Uh, Left yeah. knee contusion. Yeah, I think he was out for like a month. So, just seventy games played. Yeah, it's just two hundred sixty plate appearances uh, or at bats, two ninety plate appearances. So, close to what would be in half season normally, right? Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, you could definitely, you know, multiply by two, and and that's a reasonable uh-huh. pace because that'd be one hundred and forty games. He would have twenty eight homers, uh, twenty four steals, twenty four steals, and be around, you know. 100 runs, uh, 90 RBIs, that's terrific. But like you said, it's a little inflated on the average. So maybe this new Cody Bellinger is, you know, 25, 30, and, and 20 steals with like a 280, 270 batting <laughs> yeah, average. Yeah, like exactly what Yelich is. It's crazy. They all, they're they they going to end up being the same player. <laughs> right. Well, it's funny, too, because I was about to liken him to – Chris Bryant a little bit with like, you know, the rookie of the year taking the the league by storm with all this, like, you know, 40 Homer type of pop. And then, you know, fast forward five years with a lot of struggles and ups and downs. And they kind of evolved into this stat cast defying production. Mm -hmm. Uh, Obviously Bryant's had a lot harder of a time, like staying on the field, but yeah, it's just interesting. And, And then both being on the Cubs, I wonder if there's something with just kind of the, the hitting approach there. I mean, if he gets moved, you feel like the microscope is going to be on him big time on how he performs with one of those, you know, I mean, obviously Philly and New York, it's pretty uh, tough crowd in terms of like the pressure and everything. So coming off of, you know, it's been what, one, two, three years since he's hit over 240 and now he's got a 317 batting average. So yeah, that's... uh, it's a li- I think you I mean, have to be a little skeptical, but it's also Cody Bellinger. And, like, he was great in L.A., right? Um, so, like, he's been used to the, the spotlight at certain times, but also, like, it was clear that it just wasn't going to work for him there. And, sure, it's like a, this is a bit of a fishing trip and, and speculation, but, like, it took might have took taken going to the Cubs to trade that swing and miss for softer contact, which may not be the most intuitive thing and you know, a smart and analytically inclined organization like um, like the Dodgers, you know, they, they might just be like, no, we're never going to do that. Like, you need to hit the ball as hard as you possibly can. But it clearly wasn't working for Bellinger for the last few years. Um, so you never know. Maybe, um, you know, this is this is the new the new Bellinger and uh, it, it could work anywhere. And, and, and if it's a more power friendly park, maybe there there's a few more homers to uh 
to, to step into, right? Like, you could dream about him in that, that short porch in Yankee Stadium as, as a lefty, Oh, my right? gosh, yeah. Um, He'd have three more homers that, already, probably. Exactly. Uh, exactly. So that's I think that's the homework, is if he does get moved, which I would say is more likely than not, I'm really interested to see if he stays at, like, the 17% strikeout rate or if because of the organization or whatever reason the strikeout rates jump back up to the you know 27% range when he's really struggled the past couple of years and then you know let the rest you know don't don't pay too much attention to like the barrel rate and everything because he's he's defying it right now and like you said there's kind of reason for that high babip and high batting average with this kind of type of hitting profile that he's evolving to so yeah are you comfortable are you comfortable with Cody Bellinger as your OF1 next year? Uh, no, I don't think so. Um, I, I thought you were going to finish that question by saying OF2, and I was going to say yes, because <laughs> yeah. I think there's right. okay. I, I think there's like a strange uh, floor-ceiling ce- combo with him, um, kind of like that, that Chris Bryant type of thing. But, you know, the, the line we were just talking about in, in 69 games— like if you do prorate that out, that's absolutely an OF one. It's just I don't think you can throw every everything out that we've seen for the past three seasons. Um, so yeah, I think like my sweet spot for Bellinger, I would say would be, I don't know, uh, without looking at the the whole field, like pick eighty five to like one hundred, and I got a feeling he'll he'll probably go a little bit sooner just because someone else in the I, I room. Think so name brand. Yes, someone else in the room will like him. And that's the hard part. So age 28, Cody Bellinger, there's still more chapters to come and they'll probably all be uh, head scratchers one way or another. So <laughs> love to see it. Uh, a guy who has not seen the, the full ascent yet until this season is CJ Abrams. And he was another one that we were kind of ready to write off as uh, you know, a hollow prospect. Um, and it, you know, it hasn't looked great the entire season this year. It's been very up and down. He's had a great July where he's hit 347 with a 975 OPS. And in that time, three homers, most importantly, 10 steals in the month of July. And now on the season, he has 10 homers, 19 steals, and he himself has played 92 games. So yeah, probably like a 1530 homer speed, pace, and a 254 batting average on the season. Not nearly as uh, exciting or as as much of a, a draft day investment as some of the other names we've been throwing out, Steve, but everyday leadoff for the Nationals. Uh, big prospect coming in with the Padres and just 22 years old. Do we think that, uh, that C.J. Abrams is a reliable source of speed that you can kind of roster all year? Or do we think this is kind of a flash in the pan? I, I think, I think it's pretty legit not to just hype up and absolutely, you know, um, believe in, in, in everyone, but there's, there seems to be some, some marketed improvement, um, you know, to, to back up that July, it's just a 13.6% strikeout rate. Um, a 6.2% walk rate, so the plate skills have been much better. Um, a 976 OPS, like you said, sure, yeah, it's driven by a, a 373 BABIP, but a guy like this that, that runs this well, like 
can run BABIPs this high when things are, are, are going. And, you know, it, the, the margins are so thin. Like, a good year and a bad year, like, right, it just takes one more month sort of like this, right? And, and, and you know, you could live with the 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 707 OPS you had in May or even the 678, right? You just need to make that June 585 OPS uh, a little mm-hmm. m- more similar to April and May, right? And then you have like a boom, there's your there's your first rounder, right? Like uh, I'm making it sound much more simple than <laughs> it is. But my point being is that it, 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 right? Like what's the, what's the old adage, right? It, everyone has two good months, two bad months and one okay month. Um, and if, you know, you're able to repeat a month like this, like that's how you become a, a, a superstar, right? Um, so it, it's, it's easy to get caught up, especially because, you know, the counting stats are so great and you see that this many steals and maybe if we weren't in the, in, in an environment where, you know, a few hitters already have 30 steals. Um, you know, you see a guy like Asturi Ruiz that has 40 steals in a, in a half um, with this new new run game. Um, maybe the hype would be even a little bit crazier with C.J. Abrams. Um, but I, I definitely think that there's there there's there's something to like here, right? Like, it looks like he's getting the most out of his pull, like his pull fly balls. Like all of his his homers are are. Um, to the pull side um probably a shift then, beneficiary yes. as well with the yeah, lefty definitely, definitely. high ground ball yeah. rate and it looks like a lot of his spray chart is just kind of right in between first and second um so yeah that that could be factoring in as well it's tough because he doesn't walk so his obp mm-hmm. this year and what you would call a good year his obp is just 300 which is underwhelming from a leadoff spot and you kind of wonder if, you know, the Nats continue on with a rebuild and they slide Abrams down to, like, hitting seventh. You know, he's not a guy like some of the other names we've talked about. Like, it's not like he's played 60 games this year. Like, he's he's played in 92 games. So his counting stat pace is more like, you know, uh, 85 runs, 65, 70 RBIs. Um, so this year he's very useful, but I think it's, it is kind of dependent on him being a leadoff for, for you to get the extra stats there. Uh, that said, I don't think the steals are going to dry up because, you know, with the new run environment and him being 22 Mm -hmm. years old, he was always kind of the rabbit prospect and, you know, six pick overall in the draft in 2019. And, and a lot of that was based on speed. So I don't know. It would take a lot for him to not be a 25 steal guy, in my opinion. It, like the ba- the batting average would really have to bottom out. Um, but I don't like seeing the strikeout rates climbed up a little bit from last year. Um, mm-hmm. So it is kind of a mixed bag from him. But I do like some of the points you're making that like the hit tool, like his launch angle is up, his ground balls are down, the barrel rate has yep. gone from a really crappy 2% you, up to 6%. And you don't 6%. expect you don't expect him to be like this 10% Bauer guy. You just want him to get to like something that's yeah. palatable and like doubles. You know, be this guy that could hit 10 to 15 home runs. I mean, he's already had 10 home runs this year, right? Um so you you like to see that growth and you know, you can get the most out of out of, out of these packages. Um it doesn't take much, essentially, in the power department. And, hey, the max EV is pretty good, um, 112.5 this year. 
Um, it's 81st percentile, so good measure of, of raw power for a guy that we wouldn't think. Like I wouldn't have, I would have taken the took it taken the under on 10 home runs for him this year already. So um, he's already there. Yeah, before we move on, the last thing I wanted to check was kind of historically his average. Like, what's his average ceiling is my question. Uh, um, to bring it up for the minors. So AAA in 2022, across 30 games, he hit 314. Uh, and eight games with the Nats, way uh, small, 290, 296. 290. 20. So maybe there's... Yeah, there, there hasn't been that big of a sample. I mean, the biggest one is... 160, 183 plate appearances in 2021 in double A, 296. So, yeah, he's he's ran good averages. Like, I think that this is there should be improvement in the average department. I, I would think that would be a good bet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's the path forward for him to be like a good fantasy asset mm-hmm. versus like you'll take it. Um, I mean, of course, it's looked pretty good like the whole package this year, but yeah, some of the peaks and valleys, if he could just, you know, be a 265 hitter with this speed, um, I think he could really move up the charts. So yeah, interesting for CJ Abrams. Uh, I guess for the the games we've been playing, Steve, as a middle infielder, would you leave a draft next year with Abrams as your middle infielder and feel good? Um, as a, am I absolutely? Yeah. Um, as a starting second baseman or shortstop, does he have? Uh, shorts, just short. Short as as my starting shortstop. <laughs> um. Yeah, if I if I punted shortstop and, and and you know went went elsewhere and like you know had a outfielder, first baseman, third baseman sort of build in the first few rounds. I think I would be okay with, with Abrams as as my my flyer as like, you know, if he was like the twelfth shortstop drafted or something like that or fifteen shortstop drafted in a fifteen team league, um, I think I would be okay with that. But I don't know if he's going to like if 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 he has another month like this, like I was saying, like he might not um, last that long. But I would be okay with him. Okay, as like a last shortstop taken. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think there there's a way where that could be genius and it's not impossible to to fathom, <laughs> you know. So I, I like it. And, and then feel good about him as as a middle infielder. All right. Yes, I'd feel great. I'd feel great about that. All right, guys, want to make money making picks on MLB games? You have to try Underdog Fantasy, the easiest place to play fantasy sports. In Underdog's Pick'em game, you just pick your favorite baseball players and predict whether they will go higher or lower on stats like strikeouts, hits, and more. Pick two to five players, get all your picks right, and you can win up to 20 times your money in a single night. Be sure to sign up with the promo code PITCHERLIST, all one word, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. So you got some bonus cash to start playing with. Again, that's underdogfantasy.com or Underdog Fantasy in the App Store. Sign up with promo code PITCHERLIST and get your first deposit doubled up to $100. Must be 18 years old or older, 19 and older in Alabama and Nebraska, 21 and older in Massachusetts and Arizona, and present in a state where Underdog Fantasy operates. Terms apply. Concerned with your play? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.ncpgambling.org. In Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. In New York, call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY. 
And in Tennessee, call 1-800-889-9789. Okay, so Steve, uh, final one we got here. And it's another name that's kind of been uh, swirling around excitement versus irrelevant. And it's Mickey Moniak, who with the Angels has nestled in for the most part as a number three hitter, which is uh, pretty crazy to, to think when you think of that Angels lineup. But he's been uh, red hot, a 331 average, 977 OPS. And in just the 47 games he's played, 11 homers, 3 steals, 26 runs, 34 RBIs. So we've been doing the proration exercise. So to continue on here, that's a 33 homer, 9 steal pace with runs and RBIs right around 90 each. Uh, Mickey Moniak, what do we think? Is it real or not? Because it kind of feels like this year's Taylor Ward in a way. This is like the craziest profile I have ever seen. <laughs> if you look at his pitcher list player page, like he is basically dead last in strikeout and walk rates, like 324th um, among hitters in strikeout rate. I think he is actually last in, in qualified hitters and walk rate at just 2.8%, 347, like the little bar that goes up, like there's not even blue in it, like looking at the picture <laughs> because it doesn't even raise a little bit. Yet he's 13th in ideal plate appearance, which is um, that great metric that we actually had a show on, um, which is um, the formula for that is barrel plus solid plus flares and burners divided by total plate appearances. So basically everything, um, and I think walks are, are, are uh, maybe not. Uh, I think walks should be in there. I'm not, I'm not sure. Um, but whatever, like a good plate appearance result divided by plate appearances He's 13th in that, despite striking out and basically not walking at all. Um, so make contact, and, and yeah, the rest is yeah. history for Moniac. Yeah, like the X average is 273, really good. X Woba is 53rd in the league. Like, you know, it it it, it it's it somewhat backs it up, despite the absolutely god awful um, plate discipline. But I I don't know. I, I'm I find it hard not to not to buy in just because you know everything the results have just been so so good. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't, it, it, we don't talk crazy. that much about like sweet spot on uh, yep. on Savant, and and that's like the one that jumps out is I remember Cedric Mullins like led the year or led the league that mm-hmm. year that he like went off. JD Martinez is always up there. Like good hitters are yeah, up good there. hitters. Sweet this year, this year, Freddie Freeman is, is number one. Yeah. Um, like Luis Arias is four, but there's some, there's some weird names in there too, but for what it's worth, uh, Moniac's sweet spot is 43.4%, which would be fifth in the league if he qualified. So like he is definitely squaring up baseballs and yeah, it's, it's tough to make sense of, you know, when you like the 15% barrel rate is fantastic, but he comes with all the strikeout issues and always has he, really in the majors. He's swinging outside. His O swing is forty eight point one percent. So he's swinging Dude, out of the zone half the time. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I, I mean he's making he's like seventy nine percent zone contact isn't great, but it's not horrible. Um, the sixty five sixty six percent overall contact rate isn't great either. But 
it's just the the absolute insane chase rate and then this 20.8 percent swing strike rate is also concerning so uh, this might have um the most red flags but it's also like the best production <laughs> i don't know it's this this one is nuts dude part of me wants yeah. to run for the hills um but yeah, even the sprint speed is is a lot higher than the three steals would suggest. Um, mm-hmm. Has he ran a little bit more in the past? No, he never really has. So maybe that's yeah. just something. Uh, he's just not comfortable. Only, in the two, base only two stolen bases in the minors too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, he had like fifteen back in twenty nineteen, but it's a while ago. Yeah, eighty third percentile in sprint speed. It's kind of surprising. Yeah, I don't know, man. Um, I guess we got to just wait. The, the, the cop out is we got to wait and see the rest of the year, but this is so volatile. It's a, it would have to be a best ball for me where you can just capture it uh, on accident. Um, I, I love what I'm seeing. It's just like, did he ever flirt with this kind of production in the past? Like his highest OPS prior to this year in a, you know, he's, he's played scattered games, not, like 20 games not, per season, but six forty three. Yeah. I, not until last year, but that was like much smaller sample. I think there was he was hurt a bit. Like I think he might have been called up a little bit um, and didn't perform well in the majors. Um, but it was, yeah, basically this year. I mean, there was he was the number one overall pick and never really lived up to the hype until this year, and it's coming with this crazy elevated strikeout and, and chase rate so well I, I don't know it's it's hard for me to just completely i think it's been a flaw in my game like oh this guy strikes out 30 percent of the time like next like it's hard for me to completely write That's it true. off like Maybe. an adelise garcia type yeah. of thing yeah yeah oh, i know man I'm thinking a little piranha, though, on the process versus the, you know, if the results. I'm just like, man, I'll, I think I'm glad skipping these guys unless uh, it, it's a best ball. But 80-grade name, no question. I mean, this is the name uh, of any that we've talked about that you can just hear in, like, Ken Griffey Jr. baseball growing up, you know? Like a Mickey, yeah, Mickey, Moniac Mickey sounds, Moniac. sounds like Sounds like a baseball player. Yeah, absolutely. Love to see it. All right, we got three more hitters, guys, and they are not bottom of the barrel. There's some great ones, but we are going to take our second ad break. We'll be right back. Okay, so Steve, Josh Naylor. Uh, we're getting pricier with some of these names in the final grouping, but Naylor no longer the platoon that we've known him as for a long time. We've talked about Naylor as kind of a WAF guy that we've liked in the past, even with the platoon, uh, but the name has kind of in a way felt a little oatmeal-y just because we've, we've seen him for so long, but he's just 26 years old. And this year, you know, he's played 90 games this season. So uh, again, not, not doing the platoon thing as much. And for good reason uh, against lefties, he's batting 274, which is enough. Uh, the 756 OPS is fine. And then against righties per usual, he's crushing it with the 314 average and an 876 OPS. Put it all together, 303 average on the season, 842 OPS, 15 homers, and an impressive six steals in the new environment. And all of a sudden you look at uh, Josh Naylor and think, this guy could be 25 and 10 with a really good hit tool, just 26 years old, good vibes, playing with his brother Bo. And uh, I like what I'm seeing here with Naylor, man. Are, are, are you buying in? 
yeah, I, I, I'm, I, I like, this is, I think, you know, not to pride ourselves on the back too much, but I think we saw this coming, like, from, for a while now. Um, I wish I had more shares of him this year, but um, this is, like, a, a, a great mixture of good plate skills, great quality contact, and then all he needed to do is be able to hold his own against lefties, and he is doing that, and... Yeah, sure. Some of like the overall roto value is buoyed by the insane seventy six RBIs. That that's crazy that he has that um, on you know a, a middling offense or middling to bad offense like the Cleveland Guardians. But hey, I am not complaining. A three hundred three, three forty one, five hundred one slash line with seventy six homers, seventy six not seventy six homers. My God, he's not bonds. <laughs> um, seventy six RBIs and six steals, and then the fifteen homers to boot. Like, yeah, I don't know if he's ever going to be like a like a thirty five homer guy, but I think he could be a you know um, twenty five homer three hundred average like you know um, really good player, and I think that his price may continue to be depressed despite these really good numbers because like. You know, people traditionally want like the the thirty five homer um, first baseman, you know, power. But this seems like like a Freddie Freeman kind of light. Uh, yes, deal, I was right? just thinking that. That dude. is that. That's like the the the, the profile backs it up too. Yeah, so. doesn't walk like Freeman. So just no. for the points no. league factor, but in Roto, yeah, it's not. It is a Freddie Freeman light if this is legit. And I mean that, and the the underlying stuff looks great. I mean, it goes. Mm-hmm. It's kind of always been the case yeah. for Naylor, I, but I, you know I, the I'm, barrel I'm rates a career high at nine point six. But it's always been good enough, um, and the hard hit rate is is solid. Um, and then he does not strike out much at all, with just a fifteen point eight percent strikeout rate. Uh, he just doesn't walk as much as Freeman. It's it's a tough one to guess for next year, Steve. But if he kind of keeps this clip up, um, Cody Bellinger will be a first base eligible. You give Bellinger the edge over Naylor. It's uh, really tough. I don't know. My 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 head says Naylor, <laughs> but my heart and like gut say Bellinger. Maybe that's more of a, a name brand thing and like just. You know, the bias, the fact that Bellinger was an MVP and, like, a former first-rounder. But I am going to lean Bellinger there. I think there's yeah. a bit more of a power upside. Well, and it's um, a bummer for Naylor that, it's like, close. he's, you know, the steals you'd call, like, a half category. So in five-by-five five leagues, mm-hmm. he's, like, three-and-a-half category because he's just not going to get runs when you're batting cleanup for the Guardians, like, He's probably yeah. on pace He's for like 65. He's driving everyone else in. Yeah. Yeah, but no one's driving him in. Yep. So so that is Josh Naylor. Nonetheless, uh, hats off on a, a great season and really solid player at just age 26. I think there's a lot to be really yeah, excited about. Yeah, maybe there's about. some power growth there too. Um, it, it, it's it's close. Uh, ask me later and maybe my answer would change between him and Bellinger. Yeah, but I do think you could wait longer in drafts compared to Bellinger. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. So he could be a sneaky, you know, pick 120 if you missed out on first baseman, kind of at the, the back end of a first baseman there, and I would not be Man, his his stack ass sliders are, nailers are making me, um, you know, 
super second guess myself. It's you know the K rate's forty second in the league. Ideal pay percentage, ideal plate appearance fifth. Um, hard contact is thirty thirtieth uh, in the league. Um, X average two ninety seven to back that up. So yeah, he it, it, Josh Naylor is impressive, and like you said, hats off to what he's doing. Yeah, needs more attention, especially with the uh, the six steals. Just yep. to be a non-zero in that camp, mm-hmm. uh, huge. Is yeah, it's it's notable for sure. Uh, okay, Steve. One that I have kind of written off uh, as well is uh, Bryson Stott, who I know there's a lot of buzz when he got called up for the Phillies, and it seems like he's just kind of disappointed us at every turn until this year, where he's now hitting 300 on the season with nine homers, 19 stolen bases, uh, 775 OPS for Stott, and that's a 95 game. So he's, like Abrams, still getting that kind of regular playing time. Um, in terms of un- under the hood, he does not strike out much. Um, so it just kind of begs a question for, for a second baseman. Should I be more interested in Stott? I feel like I haven't really been uh, viewing him as like a true breakout, but maybe I'm off base on that. It looks pretty good. I haven't either, but I just don't know if there's enough power there to get me interested. Um, like I, like I have a hard time envisioning him cracking like, you know, an eight fifty OPS, which would get me super excited. And you know, maybe it's more of an oatmeal player, and I think he's definitely valuable. And you know, the nineteen steals are no joke. And pair that with nine homers, and like, yeah, it's a, it's a good fantasy player. But you know, the I, I just don't know if he has enough power in his bat to to ever be more than this, right? Like, it's a 130 ISO. Like, that leaves a lot to be the de- desired, and you need to run a lot, I guess, to to make up for that. Um, you know, it's a 301 average and a 775 OPS. That, that isn't ideal. But, I mean, hey, when you have 19 steals, I guess uh, that makes it... Uh, all right, so maybe I should be more excited about Stott than I am, but I'm still getting getting uh, hard to be all in. Wouldn't want him uh, we're, with Abrams, right? Like, I was just about know, to ask middle infield, middle infield, Stott or Abrams? Yeah, yeah, I would I would go Abrams. I would go Abrams. Okay, yeah, I I think I he, he might have gone on the little power surge right when he got called up, but looking at like everything in the minors. You know, he had 10 homers in 80 games in 2021. That's probably been, you know, the longest sample size where it looks like he's he could be a good contributor there. Uh, but for the most yeah. part, it's probably like a 15-homer ceiling and, and maybe 30, 35 steals. So, like, if he could do that and still be a, a 301 guy, but the BABIP this year is 338. Last year... In 127 games, he hit 234 for his average, and the BABIP was about 60 points lower at 274. So, yeah, that you know, 265, 270 guy, 10 homers, 25 steals, like useful. Um, but in like an aging Elvis Andrews, who's not at the top of the order kind of way, unless he can take some I could step see- forward. I could see Abrams getting to 20 homers. I don't know if I could see Stott like 
the max EV, the barrel rate, um, okay. all give the edge to, to Abrams there. Okay. Okay, and we're going to wrap out here, Steve, with a name that uh, I started griping about because he had like seven homers against me in one week. And I said, you know, why are the gods doing this to me? But he just has not stopped. And it's Ha Sung Kim for the Padres, who's just age 27. I know that we were all excited two or three years ago and again had kind of moved on. But Kim, at this point, leading off for the Padres, a 270 average on the season, 810 OPS, 14 homers, 18 steals for Kim in 96 games. Uh, the runs have looked great. The RBI is not as much, but overall it looks really like an, a nice season for Kim. And at second base, he's probably going to be a starter for some teams next year. Do we think this breakout is real? Kind of long-awaited uh, for Kim adjusting to the majors. I think so. Um, I think this is kind of what we all hoped would, the ceiling would be when he came over and was an exciting prospect. Um, and this is another one that you might get confused or, or turn, turned away by the, the StatCast page, but it looks like he's getting the most out of the pull five balls, right? Like you don't, like he is, when he is barreling up the ball and pulling it, like it's going for a home run. That's why he has the 14 home runs, despite just the, um, 6.1% power rate and, you know, the basically average, um, or 40th percentile max EV, just 9th percentile hard hit percentage. But, you know, he doesn't strike out that much, takes a walk. The chase rate is good. Doesn't swing and miss, like plays great defense. The 81st percentile sprint speed backs up to steals. So, um, and that's always been right. He's, he's ran, uh, you know, I mean, he had, uh, 12 steals last year. Um, six in 117 games um in 2021 so um you know adjust the rules a little bit he's got that 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 benefited from this um sure the the average might be a, a little bit inflated but I, I think you'll take this power speed combo even if it does drift up down to like the you know the 250 that he hit last year so um 14 homers and just the 318 at bats is is really good stuff so um, I like him a lot and think like this breakout is pretty legit. Um, mm -hmm. More so than Stott, for sure. Like I would definitely be comfortable with Kim as my starting second baseman next year. Yeah, a lot of good changes this year. The, the fly ball rate's up to 29%. In his first two years in the majors, it was closer to like 22% there. And then mm -hmm. in, t in terms of kind of the pitches he's facing – the biggest improvement has been on breaking balls where in 2021 and 2022 he had a 157 batting average against breaking balls and a 216 batting average this year it's a 294 and the slug has followed there as well with a uh, 440 slug this year which is the same as he is against fastballs so the whiff rates have gone down so overall like i think he's starting to adjust to mlb pitching which is a really good sign for a guy who's in his power prime at age 27. And like you said, Steve, even if the average is closer to like 255, 260, um, you know, this is probably a, it could be a 2025 guy um, that, that gets a ton of counting stats there, especially in a prime spot in the order for the Padres. So uh, when is his contract up is a question I have just because I really um, like they that They have situation. a mutual option. 
Uh, it was a four-year deal that he signed, mutual option in 2025. So, um, so next year might be a contract. Con- year? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. It, th- th- I wouldn't see why they wouldn't pick that up for 2025. So nice. Um, think he'll be a Padre for the next two years. Love it. Yeah. After this, after this season. That's a good one. Um, man. Okay. So looking at the list, I feel like Naylor is. He, he kind of stands alone in this pack, right? I, 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 I guess, Be- yeah. you know, Bellinger. Out, but of, the, out of this of group, four. yeah. Yes, from this group. Yeah. But looking at the whole list, because that, that rounds out the list of names we had, What? Uh, how would you kind of group all these names? I mean, Bellinger and Naylor, from like a ADP standpoint, will certainly stand higher than the rest. Uh, beyond that, are there one or two names that, you are particularly higher in on for like a flag plant. Maybe Abrams. Um, maybe that's the prospect hype with, with, with him, but um, I, I think Nolan Jones, I think Nolan Jones is, is legit. And, you know, despite that, that carry rate and the fact that, you know, the Rockies aren't the, the team to, to put your faith in, but I think the power and the speed are absolutely legit. I think that there is a path for him to improve his strikeout rate and you know the the cop out of course and maybe I'm I'm a sucker for that but um I think I would go Nolan Jones uh, out of all the players that we talked about at least for the more of the pop-up guys. Um I'm I'm willing to put my plan, my flag in um Nolan Jones with an honorable mention to CJ Abrams. Okay, yeah, I, I think I'll I, I like I like Jones as well. It's a good shout, and then I think instead of Abrams, uh, I'll circle Hassan Kim because I I do think uh, yep, like just that. yeah his it all hasn't come at once too, despite my little preamble on the home league matchup that yeah he's had pretty much since May three really solid months here mm-hmm. uh, with a OPS above. 800 and at least four steals in all of those months so yeah I, I like Kim as well and I know there was so much hype when he came over that it's too early to move on from that and call this like a you know a, a bounce back in the way that we've talked about some of the other guys so I think there's still a lot of good things ahead for Kim so that rounds us out folks uh hope you guys enjoyed this one and we ran a little long for this time of year but it's it's a very fun topic and steve i i appreciate it too because like i said these are names that unless they're on your team or you're kind of adding and dropping sometimes they can fly under the radar so great show man yeah it's it's fun too you know sometimes you, you forget about it too like oh these guys are now productive players which they are but um, it's fun to take a step back and, and look at it for the big picture for both short and long term. So, fun show. Let's do it again next week for some pitchers. Yep. We will be back next week, do the same format, but for pitchers for this year going into next year. A little bit thinner of, of a list, at least on uh, the initial glance that we were doing. But you guys, as always, can, can follow us on Twitter at WinsAbovePod. I'm at Van underscore Verified. And Steve is at Stav8818. That rounds us out for episode 110. Thanks for talking baseball with us. Thanks, guys.